0: there's a huge difference between compelling and ensnaring. And if your message alone isn't compelling, oh well, maybe you should just take the hint and start thinking a little better. If this isn't all about hating for hate's sake, then what is it about? Because it's not about bringing these people into the fold in any way, shape, or form because you know you can't.
1: It's a solution to a problem that doesn't exist.
0: True that. Students
1: can already read the Bible on their own time. Students can pray silently all day long if they've a mind to, but sure, let's take up the school day for Christian indoctrination.
0: They're saying one thing, but they intend to do another, otherwise they wouldn't have to cover their asses to the point that they are. Yeah. The language here says all that I need to know about the type of mindset that they're trying to perpetuate and that they're trying to push on society. You don't need a tax break if you can afford four kids in a house.
1: <laughs> Welcome to Unbound,
0: a podcast for new atheists and lifetime
1: atheists, ex-evangelicals, truth seekers, and free thinkers.
0: There is life after faith,
1: and life here is good. It's time for a new perspective
0: and a better conversation. I'm Spider
1: and I'm Shell, and it's time to get unbound.
0: You know, the stories I hear that come out of Texas, the more thankful I am to live pretty much any place else. <laughs> do these people actually read their Bibles? And if so, do they ever stop to consider Proverbs 16, 18 as part of the overall equation? I'm Spider. And I'm Shell, And that's the verse that warns that pride cometh before a fall. Keep pushing your shit agendas and we the people will just keep pushing back. So thanks to everybody for coming back yet again. Just want to let you know that we are well into the research end of our episode on Japuza. And it's become apparent to me that this is going to be a two-parter mm. because we're going to put that organization in the crosshairs. But sex abuse in evangelical circles is a much bigger problem than just one organization. Yeah. And I think that we need to draw back the curtain on more than just what happens in one community in Chicago. So I'm not quite sure how that's going to work out because I have that episode scheduled to drop like right before a road test. Uh So we may do a two-parter but space it out over a couple of weeks. Yeah. But I definitely want to make sure that we cover this particular topic as comprehensively as we can. And I don't think that's going to happen in one episode. So that's the plan right now. You're going to get a bonus episode that is more than just Christians behaving badly at some point in April. Yeah. And then we're going to move ahead with what may also become another two-parter with a show on revivals. Oh, God. Because there are a few new ones that are cropping up. Yeah. And I really want to address these movements, where they come from, how they are maintained and perpetuated for as long as they are in certain instances. So that's what we've got coming up in the next couple of months. For right now, we're gonna get right into this discussion. And I'm gonna tell you right off the bat, we're ending on another sort of kinda of high note, not in terms of what this idiot thinks, but just in terms of his delivery. Yeah. And uh, it took several times through reading this copy before I was confident enough to get behind the mic without completely losing it. it's uh, <laughs> I mean, I sat there reading your notes and I mean, I had to stop several times (laughs) because I was laughing too hard. So you will get a good laugh out of it. But like I say, with everything else that we do here, let's also make sure that we're taking these things a little bit more seriously because they are serious issues. And the toxic thought that gives birth to everything that we're going to talk about today is worth looking at with not just humor, but also with a much more critical eye. On the docket this week, permission to indoctrinate, fueling the quiverful movement, more of that essential love thy neighbor, as long as he's straight, otherwise just openly hate him, doctrine that these people keep trying so desperately to perpetuate, and what really happens when a person, a pastor, gets too sexually frustrated. In a segment I am dubbing Christians Behaving Badly, Fifty Shades of What the Fuck edition. (laughs) So start us off. What have you got for us this week?
1: Well, my first two stories are from Texas because of course they are.
0: Yeah, of course they are.
1: I was very disappointed that they weren't all from Texas because I do like symmetry, but two out of four ain't bad. It's enough. Yeah. All of these stories were taken from the Friendly Atheist's Substack feed. Texas State Senator Mays Middleton, what is it with evangelicals and alliterative names?
0: I don't know. It seems more like a luck of the draw sort of thing. I don't know. They are kind of high profile, aren't they? There are a lot.
1: There's a lot. He has introduced a bill that would allow public schools to have a period of prayer and Bible reading each school day. Even if you don't take into account how blatantly unconstitutional this is, as it is, kids currently have to say the Pledge of Allegiance, which is religious. Mm -hmm. And since this is Texas, they also have to say the Pledge to the Texan flag, which I had never heard of. But says, honor the Texas flag. I pledge allegiance to thee, Texas, one state under God, one and indivisible. Sounds religious to me.
0: Yeah. uh, Very original, too. Yeah. They put a lot of thought into that.
1: Yeah. Mm. For these two pledges, students can opt out with a signed letter from the parents or guardians. For this bill, however, students need to opt in, which means they will need to turn in a signed consent form that says they have a choice whether or not to participate in the prayer and Bible reading, they have no objection to the prayer and Bible reading, and they promise not to sue over the prayer and Bible reading.
0: Okay, if they're that concerned about these things, shouldn't that raise red flags in and of itself? Yes. I mean, I'm good for one out of three. I'll sign don't. off on having the choice, but I'm not going to make any promises about the ensuing harassment yeah. that I'm going to have to sit through anyway, yeah, because all this says is that I don't have to participate. Right. but I do have to deal with this disrupting my education or no, my kids' I, education. I
1: agree. Well, what about the students who don't want to participate at all? Well, the bill prohibits the prayers and Bible readings from being delivered over the school's public address systems and explicitly says, those prayers and readings cannot be delivered in the physical presence or within the hearing of someone who doesn't want to participate. In other words, those who want to pray and read the Bibles together could go to a designated classroom or do everything before the first bell rings.
0: Okay, you know, that doesn't sound like it's all that unreasonable.
1: But the bill also tasks the state attorney general with defending any school that gets sued over this with taxpayers footing the bill.
0: Yeah, fuck that.
1: But if they lose the case, Middleton says, the state wouldn't be liable for any of the costs. Which raises the question of who would be on the hook to pay those claims.
0: Yeah, really.
1: (laughs) I know, right? Several pages of the eight-page bill are dedicated to saying the state can't be held responsible for anything that goes wrong.
0: Oh, brother.
1: And then, just for good measure, the bill takes a different provision of state law that says a person may not require, encourage, or coerce a student to engage in or refrain from such prayer or meditation during any school activity and simply eliminates the word encourage.
0: Oh good lord. So they
1: want you to encourage it.
0: Well, why would they be doing it otherwise? Yeah. And, you know, just to to put a little bit more context to what I said a minute ago. All of this sounds okay because if you're not going to be doing it during normal learning time, I'm okay with this happening before the first bell. Hell, I'm in, I'm okay with it happening various times throughout the day as long as it doesn't interfere with my or my kids' learning process. Right. I don't have a problem with this. But there is a huge problem with washing your hands of any legal responsibility that might ensue because The simple fact that that language is in there tells me that they understand that this is a violation of separation of church and state. Oh, yeah. It tells me that they understand this with crystal clarity, but they're just going to fucking do it anyway because they're Christians and they're going to do what they want.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Not to mention all of the ostracization that the kids who opt out are going to be facing. Oh, sure.
0: We've seen this before with kids being harassed over not uh, standing for the pledge and other things that... Uh, that fly in the face of white evangelical ideology. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, this doesn't sound like it'll cause any problems at all, does it?
0: Oh, no, not really.
1: Taking time away from actual learning to pray and read the Bible, two things that do literally nothing for anyone. It's a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. True that. Students can already read the Bible on their own time. Students can pray silently all day long if they've a mind to. But sure, let's take up the school day for Christian indoctrination. Sounds great.
0: And you know it's going to escalate into that because oh, yeah. they're saying right now, oh, they can do this before first bell. Well, what happens when before first bell turns into putting aside an actual class period yeah. to be able to do this stuff? Because you know what these people are like. You give them an inch and they'll take 50 miles. Oh, yeah. So yeah, don't be fooled, people. This is going to be the end result. They're going to include religious indoctrination as part of the school day. Yeah. Whether it starts off innocently enough or not, they will figure out ways to weave it right into everybody's school day. And they'll figure out ways to do it in a manner that you can't get away from. I mean, we're talking about prayer, but you know what these people are like. You know, sooner or later they're gonna show up with their guitars and (laughs) it's going to be prayer and worship and all of this other stuff Uh that anyone just walking down the hall is gonna be able to hear. Oh yeah. So the idea of keeping it separated, that's gonna go out the window too. And that's when the lawsuits are gonna start, and that's why they need all of these provisos to protect themselves. Right. Because if they didn't have the plan in their head to make this as invasive as possible, then they wouldn't need that language. Yeah. It's that simple. So just read between the lines of this. They're saying one thing, but they intend to do another. Otherwise, they wouldn't have to cover their asses to the point that they are.
1: Yeah. And here we go again with another Texas bill. This one introduced by state representative Brian Slayton, which would decrease or eliminate property taxes for couples with four or more children. Oh, brother. Says Slayton, with this bill, Texas will start saying to couples, get married, stay married, and be fruitful and multiply. But first, of course, you have to be a qualifying married couple.
0: Here come the provisos again.
1: Of course, that means a man and a woman, legally married, and neither of them has ever been divorced. Oh, come on. This excludes a couple with only three kids. The Brady Bunch and any same-sex couples because of course it does. Mhm. Oh, but if your spouse dies you still get the benefit as long as you remain
0: single. Oh my god, this is so ridiculous. It's till death do you part. And how many people did we see? I'm thinking of one guy at our alma mater in particular. Yeah. We buried his wife on Tuesday and uh-huh. this fucker was married on Saturday. Okay. Yeah,
1: it was a thing.
0: But no one batted an eye because she died. What the hell is this? You can't get married again or you can't have a relationship again if your spouse dies. What? Yeah. They don't seem to understand their own doctrine at yeah. times.
1: Well, they keep changing it they keep moving the goalpost. Remember when we were teenagers and they were like, oh, just don't have sex before marriage. Mm -hmm. They didn't say anything about anything else. But now it's like, you can't even have your first kiss before marriage.
0: But there have always been sects of evangelicalism that were like that. Word of life was like that. They, uh, They even went as far as to have us first raise our hands and then stand up. In front of everybody, saying that we are going to take a hands off approach to our relationships until marriage. Yeah. And I remember standing up for that, knowing full well that there was <laughs> no possible way I was ever going to live up to it. Yeah. But, you know, it's just like with anything else half the room stands up and then the other half follows because they don't want to look like they're unspiritual right. or, especially in the context of sexuality, yeah. they don't want to rock that boat. At all. No. So this is nothing new. And a lot of evangelical sects are a little bit more lenient about that part of things, but they'll still judge the shit out of you for anything that you do that doesn't fall under the category of avoiding the very appearance of evil. Yeah. So yeah, there is that. Yeah.
1: With this bill, Slayton says he's trying to encourage people to have larger families. It does seem kind of wasteful. If you can afford more than four children and own a house, you probably really don't need this sort of tax break.
0: No, of course you don't.
1: And single-parent families will need any sort of break you can give them, especially since there will be a lot more of those families since the state has banned abortion.
0: Yeah, and what this boils down to is it's just another ploy for them to advance their agenda. And the more people, the more pawns they have in their game... The more likely it is that they're gonna come out ahead. Right. And that is what this is about. It's about making sure that people continue filling the quivers. Yeah. And that they are towing these idiotic lines of personal conduct. Because the language here says all that I need to know about the type of mindset that they're trying to perpetuate and that they're trying to push on society. And yeah. You don't need a tax break if you can afford four kids in a house, (laughs) but you're going to get it if you agree to these terms and if you are living your life in a way that these people agree with. So, and let's forgive the fact that a lot of single parent families are not single parent families because of divorce or because the one parent in the situation has never been married. There are many, many, many circumstances that fall into place with a situation like that yeah. it can be any number of reasons and it just it doesn't surprise me that they're doing this in a way that shuns the people that actually need the help the most mm-hmm. because as we've said many many times before there is no hate like christian love Yeah, And this is a clear example of that. We're going to punish you for simply living your life on your terms, but we're going to reward you for doing things in lockstep with the way we want them done.
1: Yep. Also, if they cut taxes for larger families and all those kids attend public schools, they will be using more resources than the smaller families that pay more taxes.
0: Yeah, there is that too, isn't there? Yeah, the math doesn't work.
1: But Slayton and his ilk really don't care. The state may have a budget surplus, but you can bet that money will not go towards covering paid parental leave or reducing healthcare costs, expanding Medicaid, making education more affordable, or any of the proven ways to help people with limited resources. But they don't
0: care about that.
1: No, they really don't.
0: They're not looking past the tip of their nose and that's just evangelical thought 101. Yeah, pretty much. It's kind of a dumb ploy. It really is and I really do hope that this doesn't work, and it probably won't. It
1: probably won't.
0: But just the fact that it's out there should be a further warning to all of us about the lengths that these people are willing to go to to maintain their position and not watch their religion dwindle into obscurity. Yeah. Okay? That's what this is all about, is upping the numbers so that in the future, you still have a church. Yeah. That's what they're looking for. But you know what? The numbers speak for themselves. And regardless of how much you shelter somebody, if they're not going to think and behave and act the way that you want them to, as soon as you give them a little bit of freedom, they're going to be gone. A lot of people will just settle into their beliefs because they've been taught this from the time they could understand. But then there are those of us who have that rational mind clawing yes. for purchase. It's not going to have the uh, the effect that they think it is especially when you grow up in the kind of puritanical environment that most of these families that meet all of these bullet points
1: Mm.
0: provide, okay? It's going to backfire on you the same way that homeschooling has backfired on a lot of these people. That's another, it's another ploy in the same category to try to build up the church so that it survives in the future. It's a bad plan. And so is this. Yeah. Oh, look, more LGBTQ bashing. We don't see a whole lot of that around here, do we? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, this one has the added bonus of Jew hate, too.
0: Oh, yeah. There we go. So we've got homophobia and anti-Semitism in this one, folks.
1: (laughs) All in one. Yeah. And now someone who is probably one of the worst behaved Christians to ever grace this segment Jonathan Shelley of the New Independent Fundamentalist Baptist Church, who exhorted his parishioners to eliminate gay people and Jews. He was speaking at a church in Boise, Idaho, the sermon being called, appropriately enough, God Hates Them. In this sermon, he talked about how Christians need to be more vocal about calling out wickedness and how only one side would survive the fictional holy war. There's very little of Shelley's sermon I can actually quote. He uses the F word for gay people constantly, and the things he says are just hate-filled and heinous. He calls being gay a punishment. He makes mention of the synagogue of Satan.
0: Oh, good Lord.
1: He is a guy who said in the past that he would not shed a tear if a gunman mowed down a whole bar full of gay people. He calls New York and California hellholes because of their large gay and Jewish populations and wishes regularly for the deaths of gay people and abortion providers.
0: This is my commandment, that you love one another, that your joy may be full.
1: He seems joyful to me.
0: Yeah, he's doing it wrong.
1: Yeah. Shelley also believes that the Holocaust never happened because he is a deranged idiot. (laughs) He has appeared at city council meetings to rail against Pride Month celebrations. Gee, I wonder why he can't find someone to rent space to him for a new church in Texas.
0: I, I'm racking my brain, but I'm coming up with nothing.
1: <laughs> His church, of course, knows exactly what he's saying. They yoinked the video down shortly after it was posted because YouTube would delete their channel. They did post a link to where the video is posted on Rumble. So they
0: took it down, but they didn't take it down.
1: Yeah, they just sort of posted a link to where it actually is. Mm -hmm. They and others in the IFB defend themselves by saying they're not encouraging anyone to pull the trigger, but they do make the point that in a righteous world, the government would do their faith-based dirty work for them.
0: So they're saying that the government should exterminate Jews and gays. Well, um, I'm sorry, but one of those things has been tried before. And how did that work out for you?
1: Well, considering this guy doesn't believe it actually
0: happened. Yeah. But when you're one of these idiots that just hates everybody, and I mean, this guy, he's got no love in his heart at all. You can tell just by the way that he talks about anything. So, yeah, let's just say that it didn't happen. And, you know, he'll have the bleeding sheep in his congregation that believe that what he's telling him is true. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. It happened. And there's absolutely nothing in scripture about hating specific people groups because you don't like them. (laughs) Okay. As far as I know, the Great Commission applied to everyone, not just the people that you agree with philosophically, not just the people who don't skeeve you out with their lifestyles, nothing like that. Right. It just says go and make disciples. And nowhere does it say sanction the government to kill people we don't like, right? So yeah. there is that. So after all of that heaviness, <laughs> here comes the peace to resistance for oh this my episode.
1: God.
0: And I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to make it through. I don't know if I'll make I it really through. I really don't.
1: We'll, we'll, we'll see.
0: This this is so absurd, yeah. and it just reveals a few very simple honesties about this person. And, yeah. and the things that happen inside his head. So, Ooh. okay, strap in, everybody. This is our last story, and it's a good one.
1: <laughs> and in Christians should never, ever talk about sex news. Pastor Josh Butler of the Gospel Coalition has written an article entitled, Sex Won't Save You. But it can point to the one who will.
0: Oh, please. You have my attention. Show me how.
1: You might want to skip ahead if you have trauma around sexual subjects or Christians talking about sexual subjects, which is kind of a nightmare.
0: Yeah, but you'll also laugh. Yeah. So we can give the trigger warning, but what follows is just so ridiculous that it should at least give you a little bit of a chuckle. It gave me more than a chuckle Mm. trying to read through this.
1: Christians are so weird about this stuff. Anyway, he starts off by saying how casual sex did nothing for him when he was younger, which is okay, fine, if that's how you feel. But then he says, idolizing sex results in slavery. You can chart up your long list of ex-lovers and join Taylor Swift in telling the newest applicant, I've got a blank space baby and I'll write your name. You can end up in the Egypt of a new romantic wasteland. More cynical and isolated than when you first began.
0: Oh, he's a great satirist. Yes. Weird Al, watch your back.
1: (laughs) Yet I've discovered a crucial corrective in the gospel that can lead us out into true freedom.
0: Oh, do tell.
1: Sex wasn't designed to be your salvation, but to point you to the one who is. Hmm, gets worse. He goes on, generosity and hospitality are both embodied in the sexual act. (sighs) I'm losing
0: it already. I
1: know. (laughs) Think about it. Generosity involves giving extravagantly to someone. You give the best you've got to give, lavishly pouring out your time, energy, or money. At a deeper level, generosity is giving not just your resources, but your very self. And what deeper form of self-giving is there than with sexual union, where the husband pours out his very presence not only upon but within his life. <laughs>
0: oh, oh my god! I just—I knew I wasn't going to get through this. I, I know. knew that I was not going to get through this without cracking up. But oh, just the language of this is so—it's so, so, so Fifty Shades. It's not even funny.
1: Yeah. Well, now we've heard about the man's part in this, which, of course, is what Josh Butler knows. But what about the woman? Well, she's sort of a sexual homemaker who prepares space for her husband's
0: semen. Oh, good God.
1: Wonderful. Here's the relevant quote, if I can get through it myself. Hospitality, on the other hand, involves receiving the life of the other. You prepare a space for the guest to enter your home, welcoming him warmly into your (laughs) circle. Into your circle. (laughs) Okay.
0: All right. Let's let's make sure they get the whole thing. All right. I'm I'm so sorry, but I am leaving this in because it just puts a period on how ridiculous this is. Yes. I knew the instant we got to this line, I knew there was no way I was getting past it. So let's let's give that to them again in context. I'm gonna try to shut up and let okay. you give that to them in context.
1: You prepare a space for the guest to enter your home, welcoming him warmly into your circle of intimacy. To share... stuff. it.
0: (laughs) This ain't happening.
1: Uh Okay. To share your dwelling place with you. What deeper form of hospitality is there than sexual union where the wife welcomes her husband into the sanctuary of her very self?
0: (laughs) This guy is frustrated as fuck. I know. I'm just putting that out there.
1: Well, you get the idea. It kind of made my brain melt to read this drivel. He goes on to call the vagina the Holy of Holies, which tells you which part of a woman he values most.
0: Or just that he saw Pulp Fiction.
1: Yeah, there is I mean, that. that,
0: that was the first thing I thought of.
1: There's no mention of satisfying a woman's needs or what she wants. It's the incubator theory of women's usefulness. To Butler, sex is something a man does to a woman, not what they do together. And the final revelation, having sex with your wife is exactly like Jesus making sweet, sweet love to a church.
0: Oh my God. I just, I can't even. I can't. It's like, there are so many things that I could say about that. There's but, a lot. Uh, my first thought is that if we're going to think about this in strictly heterosexual terms, because that's the way that they think about everything, yeah. then why is it that the church has a steeple? Why is there a phallic symbol on almost all of them?
1: I don't know, man. If,
0: if that's the way it's supposed to go, doesn't it become gay sex at that point? I don't if know. Jesus is making love to a church?
1: I don't know, man. I, uh, I I don't know.
0: The sexual frustration is strong with this one.
1: I encourage you all to read the article on Friendly Atheist's Substack because Hemet Mehta's commentary is comedy gold. He concludes his commentary with the phrase, if there's any truth to this strained metaphor, it's that Jesus leaves a lot of people unsatisfied.
0: Amen to that. He left me very unsatisfied.
1: (laughs) Also read the article for a lot more hilarity, mostly in the form of Twitter comments, because it is hilarious.
0: Now I have to check it out. You do. um, As soon as the headache from laughing this hard (laughs) subsides, I might actually check that out.
1: And then there's the blowback. His forthcoming book, Beautiful Union, which this article was taken from, he wrote a whole book on this drivel, has had a recommendation retracted by one of the cover blurb authors. He should have read the book more clearly, you don't say. Also, he has been taken off the speaker list for the If Colon Gathering. I don't know what it's called. I
0: I think that's IF. I'm not sure what it stands for. Yeah, I think it's
1: IF Gathering, which is geared towards evangelical Christian women. Maybe we shouldn't take guys with pastor in front of their names so seriously. You never know what nonsense is going to come out.
0: Oh, people, I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. (laughs) And I'll have just a couple more comments on that in a minute, but we are officially in wind-down mode. Those are our stories for the week. And as I was reading through your notes, the first question that came to my mind was, why is it that these people waste so much energy on these things? Week after week, month after month, year after year, we never run out of fodder for this particular part of what we do. Why do they expend so much energy on things that largely don't touch their lives in the first place. The last story is kind of the exception to the rule, but for the rest, it's like, why can we not just maintain a live and let live philosophy over any of this stuff? I can almost agree with Josh here in spirit, in spirit, in terms of how good sex actually is, but why do we need a religious context to validate it? Why not just say, I like sex a lot and be done with it? It's okay, Josh. Really, it is. You don't need your imaginary friends to fill in the blanks. You and your girl have got this on your own, I promise. If you start looking at her as an equal partner, yeah, and if you start looking at your responsibility to her the same way that you look at her responsibility to you, you can get on the same page and have a lot of fun with no God in the middle, I promise you. And just so we're clear, no one, and I mean no one, has ever told anyone that they can't pray in school. All any of us have ever asked is that you don't sanction it. Hell, we even allow you to start your own schools or keep your kids out of that sinful blood-in-the-halls environment and do whatever the fuck you want in those settings. For good or for bad, we just let you do it. Why is that not enough? And I'll say it again, Jesus never told anyone to go out and forcibly impose their views on anyone. The Great Commission tells Christians to compel people to agree with and join them. There's a huge difference between compelling and ensnaring. And if your message alone isn't compelling, oh well, maybe you should just take the hint and start thinking a little better, or start thinking at all. And sure, let's encourage people to make a lot of babies to indoctrinate, and let's reward people for building a faith army using abusive and subversive tactics to get there. Tax breaks for quiver fillers? Okay. But what about the atheists or people of other faiths that have lots of kids? Are you going to write any loopholes into that bill to punish us for not fucking in the name of Sky Daddy? Actually, I think they kind of did, didn't they?
1: Yeah. And to a
0: certain extent, they did. Mm -hmm. And as far as the whole gay Jew hate thing, I can't think of anything new to say to counter much of that, particularly the gay end of it. Because gay hate doctrine is always going to be part of the equation. And they're always going to perpetuate that part of it. So I'll just ask again, why can you not just live and let live? These people aren't your target demo. You aren't going to capture their tithes no matter how much hate you throw at them. And since money and numbers are all you people seem to care about, why do you remain so concerned about alternative lifestyles? Any good marketer knows that their product is not likely to gain universal appeal. If this isn't all about hating for hate's sake, then what is it about? Because it's not about bringing these people into the fold in any way, shape, or form because you know you can't. I also don't know how to respond to this last story, aside from the laughter that we've already conveyed. You don't need a reason to like sex. Nature has taken care of that part of it already, and you don't need to augment the experience with spiritual euphemisms and parallels. Just fucking enjoy. It's not that hard, ho- uh, difficult. Let's say it's not that difficult. <laughs> You know, I am glad that we ended this one off on a high note. It's okay to laugh at the idiocy of it all. That said, don't forget to stay angry at the distortion of ideas that comes out of this religion because each and every story that we cover today focuses on that central theme. And while it's great to laugh, let's try to remember that to these people, these ideas are serious, and it's up to us to expose the stupidity and keep delivering the counterpoint if we want to keep showing people the way out. And I know I do. I really, really, really do. Laugh it up, but keep your righteous anger at the ready, because it's the latter that motivates us to act, and action, proactive, proactive focused, and consistent action is what provides the crucial equal time element to the equation, and it's what leads to more people getting and staying unbound. enjoyed this episode of Unbound, show topics are chosen based on their timeliness, relevance, and social impact. Have suggestions for future topics? Email us at unbound.podcast.network at gmail.com with all your comments and feedback. Please don't forget to like, share, and throw a few five-star ratings our way, and follow us on all major social platforms. And don't forget to hit subscribe if you haven't already. Links to our social pages, as well as a full list of cited sources in today's episode, are listed in the show notes, available at our website, getunbound.org. That's get-unbound.org. If you value this resource and would like to see it continue, please consider supporting us on Patreon at the link in the show description. And be sure to check for new updates every Sunday when we'll come together again and take one more step toward getting and staying unbound.